Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the That's So Great and That's Gross edition. I, I think that's all <laughs> of my favorite things. Ah. I, I think the best things in life are great and gross. <laughs> <laughs> but you came to the came to the right place today. <laughs> yeah. I, I think butts are great and gross at the same time. We've, we've got butts on the uh, second half. What? Of this, of this uh, <laughs> we have been on a dry spell yes. for butts. We have. But um, we're coming back with a vengeance. Thank God. That's right. Thank God. It's been too <laughs> long. I was getting worried, to be honest. Uh, today is in between 074. World's oldest uh, drinking straws. Obsessed. <laughs> Obsessed. And ancient wealthy folks were riddled with parasites. Of course they were. <laughs> I love it. I love a parasite. I love a drinking straw. We've been through such a journey together. Mm-hmm. Now they make these cute little bamboo ones. The paper ones, I don't like. Yeah. I they, hate the they paper They get ones. soggy after a few sips. They dr- Especially on lip, like dry lips. Mm-hmm. It's a gross feeling. <laughs> feels like you're drinking out of one of those paper tampons. Like it's just, <laughs> yeah, shouldn't be in either hole. That's right. No! <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with pro bamboo straw crazy Marissa Riley. That's me. <laughs> I love the bamboo straw out of a margarita. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, <sighs> screw it. Let's go right now. Let's yes. just go get a margarita right now. <laughs> I'm into it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know you're also into metal straws. I love a metal straw. Yeah. yeah. My roommate uh, from back in the day left a bunch in the house, and I was always laughing at her. I'm like, that looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. And now I use it every goddamn yeah. day because it makes me feel like a stupid fucking influencer. It makes <laughs> me feel rich. Special? I, uh, special? Spe- it makes me feel special. Yeah. Um, and I drink things out of a mason jar. That's right. <laughs> You're from Texas. I, but still, it's so Brooklyn, though. Uh, and it, I feel, yes. yeah. I feel very um, out of these special ice. I use special ice cubes that are cubes. I've talked about this for too long. Anyways, <laughs> but then I don't take a picture of it. So what was even the point? Uh, it just means you're a better person. That's true. <laughs> so you don't- no one. Needs you don't to take know. a picture. You just enjoy it for yourself. <laughs> yes, is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Well. Put a pin in the metal straw thing. Okay. That's, yeah, I'm not going to give it away. Okay. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. <laughs> welcome. Uh, Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we we're going to talk about, but I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm pumped. <laughs> Parasites and drinking straws. Mm-hmm. Obsessed. Obsessed. Yeah, today we're going to cover two recent archaeological discoveries that are, of course, fascinating on one hand. And on the other, show that the more things change, the more they stay the same, honestly. I mean, yeah, in reality, nothing has changed. No. We just have seamless now. <laughs> uh, and to begin, we actually need to first uh, step into our Wayback Machine and head way back to the era of archaeological frenzy, the 1890s. Oh my god, we're actually going back. Usually back. you're like, we're going to go way back to 2014. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, it's so long ago. <laughs> but yes, this is actually this, long ago. Yeah, and it's uh, the Summer of Love, 1897. Fuck yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Professor Nikolai Veselovsky of St. Petersburg University is living in archaeologist's dream He's about to open a dead rich person's tomb. I love, I'm so excited for him. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. I love a dead rich person's stuff. Mm-hmm. That is the best stuff. 
It's the best stuff. Uh, so we know when we are, but where are we exactly? My friends, point to the very west coast of Russia. You got it. Which is right next to the country they're about to invade, Ukraine. Uh, now move ooh, uh-huh. ooh. Now move your finger down all the way until you reach the very southern tip. And voila, we're in the ancient city of Makeup. I've never heard of it. Amazing. I'm pumped. Uh, and just to give you a little better footing as well, uh, if you imagine Turkey and look northeast, the Russian city of Makeup is right there. Cool. In, in a region known as the Caucasus, which includes modern-day Armenia, Azerbaijan, Georgia, and other parts of southern Russia. That's just how expansive Russia is, but still not big enough little Putin. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh my God. Anyway. <laughs> so talk for another day. Yes. So now our good old professor is about to unpack a burial mound or a kurgan that's believed to be from the early Bronze Age, which is somewhere between 3700 to 2900 BC. Holy shit. Yeah. And to put this into perspective, this burial mound is slightly older than the Great Pyramids of Giza. That's so old. I, it's really if old. one thing is old, it's a goddamn pyramid. Those are the <laughs> oldest things in the fucking world, but apparently not. No, this this, this is fu- older. This guy's fucking burial mound. Yeah, I, I want everything in it. I'm pumped. <laughs> so, Dr. Marissa, to report on what our professor found, I thought we could take turns reading from a study called "Party Like a Sumerian: Reinter- Reinterpreting the Scepters from the Maykop Kurgan." What do you say? I am so into that. <laughs> I am so into any story that starts with party like a. I am obsessed. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, that part will be explained later on. But yeah, we're going to party like a Sumerian. Amazing. So I'll start us off. Published back in January of this year in the journal Antiquity, quote, the burial mound or Kurgan contained a large chamber divided into three differently sized compartments each accommodating an adult individual lying in a crouched position. Mm. It is believed that the largest compartment contained the burial of the primary, i.e. most important, individual, as it was furnished with the most luxurious set of funerary offerings compared with the other two burials in the same grave. Mm -hmm. The skeleton of this individual was covered with the remains of a richly decorated garment, along with hundreds of beads of semi-precious stone and gold. Fuck yeah. I love a semi-precious stone. (laughs) Most of the grave goods, both plain and precious, including ceramic vessels, precious metal cups, weapons and tools, were arranged along the walls of the chamber, except for a set of eight long, thin gold and silver tubes, four of which were decorated with small gold or silver bull figurines. I'm obsessed. (laughs) I'm so excited. Continuing the quote, the tubes were placed to the immediate right-hand side of the skeleton. Professor uh, Veselovsky referred to these artifacts as scepters. End Mm -hmm. quote. That sounds like a drinking straw. (laughs) Sounds like a drinking straw to me. Right? Amazing. Okay. Put a pin in that. Okay. Put a pin in that. Okay. Okay. Now, Dr. Marissa, I have a simple illustration of the tubes, but I also have a close-up photo of one of them as well, specifically the decorated perforated tip and all the little different segments. Uh, but before we get to that photo, let's take a look at the illustration. And all the shit we look at today is going to be on our social media stuff, so you too can take a look. Come on by. Instagram. Twitter. Join us. Join us. Do it. The handles are in the... Uh, episode details, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, okay. Dr. Marissa, please tell us, what do you see in this illustration? 
I, I see, okay, so these are awesome and I want them right now. Um, <laughs> so I see about eight long, skinny metal mm -hmm. tubes. I'm not exactly sure how long these are, but some of them are part gold and part silver, like a third of it is gold, the rest is silver. Mm -hmm. And then some of them are entirely silver. But the four in the middle have these little, I, I guess, the bull figurines. Yeah. And um, it, it it's like as if you saw a bull and there was just like a pole going right through, up and down, vertical, the middle yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. um, and they're kind of at the bottom. So if these are drinking straws, they wouldn't really interfere with your mouth. Right. They're, you would drink out of the other side. So yeah. it wouldn't be a big deal. But they're fucking adorable. <laughs> if I saw them at a, at a little vintage antique shop i'd yeah. be like i'll oh, yeah. take them and then mm -hmm. they'd be like they're 70 dollars yeah. i'd be like never mind <laughs> i like that journey we just went on with you yeah, no, that was nice uh here's a photo of the uh actual you know now called a scepter at the time uh please tell us what you see at the tip oh yeah oh so they're like gorgeous little rivets yeah um, and so this is it in pieces. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing several pieces and, um, some, it, it, it looks like the tips kind of have like a, um, it looks like they could be taken off and on. Put yeah. On and off. Taken yeah. on and you, off. Like screw them on. Which it's is really interesting. There's like. So it, yeah. it, it's, yeah, it's like little pipes. Yeah. If you were thinking of like, you know how you screw together pipes. It's like that, but in pieces, but, but smaller. Yeah, and they're pretty, very tiny. Yeah, yeah, and well decorated too. Very beautiful. Yeah. Like, um, it almost looks like jewelry, like silver jewelry, that like a like a bracelet. You know how there would be like little um, mm -hmm. details on a bracelet or something. It looks yeah. like that. Amazing. Yeah, uh, a little bit more detail about them and their specs. Uh, they're a little over three feet long. What? Yeah, but only weigh about seven ounces. Isn't that crazy? I, uh, are these straws? Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Put a pin in that. Yeah. Right. Oh my okay. god, I have an idea. What? Is it so they could drink something from far away? Like, <laughs> Am I right? I like where you're going. Ah, I love okay. it. I love it. I love All it. Right. Okay, okay, okay. First, let's describe it a little bit more. Uh they're lightweight maybe due to the material. Uh four of the tubes are assembled from two or three silver segments, and the other four are assembled from a combination of gold and silver segments. Uh, and in good taste. The accessories match their corresponding tube. Two of the silver tubes are decorated with a silver bull figurine, and two of the gold and silver tubes are uh, attached to a gold bull figurine. Amazing. So yeah. you can have all gold. You can yeah. mix and match. Exactly. You're feeling fabulous. Yeah. And each of these little animals is about three or four inches in length. And get this, they're not in a fixed position. You can slide them up and down the tube. Stop it. Yeah, that is really fun. And uh, of course, I have a photo of these figurines. Would you like to see them? Y yeah, All right. I really would. Here we go. I think I would pay $70. Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> they're just gorgeous silver gold um, bulls. And they're just, they, they look like little bulls. Yeah. And they're so damn cute. They're adorable. And you, you immediately need one. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I know what I'm doing on Etsy after this. <laughs> Yeah, they're fucking adorable, that's for sure. But in 1897, unfortunately, the best our professor could do was speculate the use of these tubes. Uh, Veselovsky and his counterparts were like, maybe they're scepters, maybe part of a canopy or 
something symbolic, a question mark, you know. They yeah. felt it had to be something, like, really out there. Really important. Yeah, but they weren't sure. Uh, but they, what they did know is that they were damn pretty, which meant, you guessed it, they were going into a museum for display. Good. So, <laughs> so by autumn of 1897, all the gems, fabrics, fancy things within the tube, uh, tomb, sorry, and these tubes were transferred to the Hermitage in St. Petersburg. Amazing. And there they sat until 2021. Okay. Yeah. Victor Trifonov, an archaeologist from the Russian Academy of Sciences Institute for the History of Material Culture, Oh, God. And, Nailed it. <laughs> and lead author of the study we quoted was like, we got to put these things under a microscope. Yes, please put everything under a microscope. <laughs> I got to know. He had a hunch. He had a hunch about a decade ago that these tubes were drinking straws. Yep. That's right. And not only that, because there were so many of the same length, he was like, I bet they were a set of straws you could use with a group. With your friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, that's right. He hypothesized that these were party straws. Yeah. <laughs> that friends used to drink beer together like a modern day tiki punch bowl. Oh, this is even better. Yeah. Oh, this is so fun. They're all going to get sick and die. But like, this is so fun. Uh, needless to say, his fellow archaeologists were skeptical because, of course, everything has to be grandier, right? Yeah, right. Uh, but Victor would not be dismayed when he finally got his hands on them. Dr. Marissa, please tell us what he what he and his research team did to help prove his party theory. I would love, love, love to talk about this. All right. From Laura Gagel uh, of LiveScience.com. Quote, to investigate, the team sampled the residue uh, on the inside of the artifacts and found evidence of barley starch granules, cereal particles, and pollen grain from a lime tree. Victor added that the makeup tubes also have metal strainers that would help filter out impurities common in ancient beer. End quote. That's right. I love this. Mm -hmm. There were little strainers on the inside. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, I'm dying. Yeah, so that's some pretty great evidence right there. Barley, cereal, and grain residue, all stuff that's brewed to make beer. And the built-in strainer, too. Lots of evidence here. Uh, There's also a lot of circumstantial evidence that helped the theory because the Caucasus were surrounded by cultures that love to get down. And it's possible their drinking technology rubbed off on this region. As Victor noted in his study, quote, the common ancient Sumerian implemented, uh, sorry, the common ancient Sumerian implement for consuming beer was a tube made of long reed, allowing the user to sit or even stand and drink from a large vessel positioned on a low pedestal. Oh, my God. So instead of like, um, maybe instead of everyone getting glasses of of a like cups yeah. of, of an alcohol or whatever, like we do now, cups of an alcohol. Who am I? Am I? <laughs> Everyone getting drinks and glasses. How many, how many cups of an alcohol have you had today? <laughs> Too many. Um, <laughs> but um, instead of getting cups, they would get really long straws. They, they would straws. all stand around it like a hookah or something. Yeah, exactly. And uh, my theory is that because those little animal figurines can move maybe that's how they kept track of how much they were drinking i don't know it's because they move up and down the straw right i don't know or or maybe um they they all went on different levels to know whose straw was who in case they put it down there you go 
Safety, safety third. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. Let's bring it back. But also, no. No, no. Uh, let's no, not. It's good. All let's right. not. No, not today. Um, okay. So where are we? Let me go back to my notes. Uh, yeah. The Continuing with the quote from Victor, uh, the detachable straw tip strainers made of copper. Oh, so we're still talking about how the ancient Sumerians would drink. Got uh, it. So they had... Um, Long tubes made of reed. They also had dis- detachable straw tip strainers made of copper, less frequently made of bone, were widely used across to Mesopotamia in the second millennium BC. These tip strainers uh, were intended to be fitted to the end of straws made of reeds, end quote. Amazing. So, that is so damn cool. I know. In sum, drinking communally with some long ass reeds were all the rage. And judging by what else was this individual was buried with, it's no surprise that they'd have their own gold and silver stemware. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, they had a little set. They had a set. I mean, they were fucking wealthy. Good but for them. Dr. Marissa, please tell us what happened. To, what what else happened to be right under the researchers' noses that really helped suggest these were these were like straws for beer punch bowls, if you will. I would love, I would love, love, love to <laughs> explore further. From uh, allitsinteresting.com, quote, their theory was bolstered by the fact that a large vessel was also found in the tomb. Uh, the volume of this vessel, 32 liters, so, oh my God, <laughs> suggests that each participant, which uh, each participant's share would be about four liters or seven pints per person. Trinoff <laughs> and his team explained in the study, end quote, oh my God, they were getting hammered. But also what was like the alcohol volume or whatever of yeah. beer? It must it was, have been low. It was pretty low. It was probably like mead, you know, 3%-ish maybe. I don't know. But that's, okay. still well, then, seven, then, seven pies. That's a lot. That's a lot of like <laughs> just still. liquid yeah. in your body. Oh, my goodness. So these tubes are still being analyzed for more residue and such. But Victor's counterparts are leaning towards his theory, making the makeup straws the oldest straws discovered. They're about a thousand years older than the previous record holder, yeah. which means, my friends, we've been drinking for a very long time. Yep. <laughs> Something's never changed. That's right. After the break, this dead wealthy individual may have had some fancy pants straws, but they may have also been riddled with parasites. Yes. <laughs> Love a parasite. And we're going to explain. So please stay tuned. Please do. Have you ever wondered what really happened to Amelia Earhart or the lost colony of Roanoke? Do you ever find yourself scouring the internet for vicious Victorians and their murders by gaslight? Or perhaps you're just sick and tired of women being constantly misrepresented or plain lied about throughout history? If so, join me, Katie Charlwood, history harlot and reader of books on Who Did What Now? The history podcast that's not your history class part of the Area of Media Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Adios, au revoir, au revoir to zen, my friends. Bye-bye. I'll be seeing you. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Thing done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. (laughs) You get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please stay interesting. Did you know that Elvis once showed up to the White House high as a kite with a bunch of guns? Did you know that Eleanor Roosevelt once had a romantic relationship with a lesbian reporter? Hi, we're Stephanie. And Tux. From Beyond Reproach, a comedic history podcast where we talk about political scandals like how FDR's grandfather made the family fortune smuggling dope. And messy government officials like President Johnson, who named his dick Jumbo and would wave it around at people on Capitol Hill. Gross. (laughs) And we do it all while drinking period-appropriate historic cocktails, like JFK's favorite, the lime We are not historians, we're just a couple of drunks who never shut up and love history. We hope you'll join us on Beyond Reproach for some big facts, good laughs, a little bit of swearing, a lot of drinking, and a real good time. You can find Beyond Reproach wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back, and it's true what they say. Everyone poops. Yep. Everyone does it. That's right. All of you. You, me, Dr. Marissa here, uh, possibly the Kardashians. (laughs) (laughs) But for certain other rich people, take a crap on occasion. Yes. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You're just silent. Okay. Yep. Stick with me here. Stick with me. I'm here. And this has been true since the beginning of time. And also true, uh, if you don't take care of yourself, no matter how much money you have, nature it's going to take you out. It's coming. That's right. It's coming for your butt. Terrible things. <laughs> it's coming for your butt. Uh, join me, will you? Back to the year no one remembers. Say it with me now. 2019. 2019. Yes. Go. No one remembers. Nothing happened. <laughs> and we're standing among some beautiful ruins of the Arman Hanitsev. Hanitsev. Nailed it. Hanatsev. That's it. Arman Hanatsev promenade in Jerusalem. And for my fellow geographically challenged Americans, don't worry, I got you. Uh, Point to Egypt. You got it. uh, Which is, of course, in the northeast corner of Africa. uh, And just northeast of Egypt 
is Israel. Oh, yeah. I'm very familiar. Yeah. And in the middle of Israel is this beautiful promenade, and boy, howdy, it revealed quite a bit. Hmm. Uh, Dr. Marissa, if you would, please introduce us to... Sorry. <laughs> uh, please introduce us to one researcher working in the area and what stunning architecture they uncovered. I would love to. All right. Um, from eurekaalert.org, amazing website name, uh, quote, uh, Yaakov Billig? Got it. Yaakov Billig, uh, the director of the excavation on behalf of the Israel Antiquities Authority, explains uh, that the uncovered royal estate dates back to the mid-7th century BC, the late Iron Age. According to Billig, magnificent stone artifacts of extraordinary workmanship were found on the site, such as decorated stone capitals of a quantity and quality not yet observed in ancient Israel. Oh my gosh. Adjacent to the mansion was a spectacular garden with a breathtaking view of the city of David and the Temple Mount. It was here, along with the remains of fruit and ornamental trees, that a cesspit was found. Right. Yes! I was waiting for for the shit part. That's right. To show up. Here we are. We've arrived. We made it. We made it. Finishing the quote. It was kept by a square limestone installation with a hole in its center identified as the toilet's drop hole, end quote. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start calling my haters a toilet's drop hole. That sounds <laughs> terrible. That sounds terrible. Awful! You are a... Not you, Jill. (laughs) But you, Alex, who, uh, believe me, in high school, are a toilet's... What is it? Drop Drop hole! hole. (laughs) You suck. Oh my god. I was going to say put it on a tote, but no. Just keep it in your pocket. I will. For, you know, for future use. So Yes. yes, my friends, they found a toilet. And before we dig into it, um, let's take a look at a 7th century B.C. John. Would you like to see what it looks like? (laughs) Nothing would make me happier in the world. I'm so pumped. All right. And, of course, all photos on our social media stuff, so please come on by and take a look at this toilet's drop hole. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God, it looks terrible. Um, (laughs) This looks like the last place in the world I'd want to shit. It's a really tiny hole. It's a tiny... Okay, so imagine, like, just a big block of stone yep like just a big kind of square block of stone and right in the middle of it is a tiny hole i say about the size of a softball or a for our like a great international folks yeah i'd say it's a yeah yeah it's, a, it's mm-hmm. if you put your hand like if you put two hands two fists together that's about the size of the hole there you go and if you are alive, you know that that is, that's not the right size. No. Um, no. You need some wiggle room. Uh-huh. You need more space to do your thing. Um, and also the fact that it's in the middle of this giant square block. So you have to really like aim. Aim. <laughs> if you want to actually take a seat, like you're sitting far back. Yeah. You're, you're not like just it's just not a good look. And I'm wondering if they squatted on top of it. Oh, maybe. Hmm. That would make more sense. It's good for... That That you means know. you need even better aim if you're squatting and not making contact. Yeah. yeah. I bet uh, the surface of this thing... Cold. 
Oh, I was going to say covered in feces. Oh, yeah, that's going to say yeah. that surface <laughs> is covered in feces. Cold and covered in shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess we should continue. We should. Uh, <laughs> now, discoveries like this are a goldmine uh, for some researchers, such as Dr. Daphna Langut of Tel Aviv University. Uh, she's the director of the Laboratory of Archaeobotany and Ancient Environments at the Institute of Archaeology and the Steinhardt Museum of Natural History. Dude, she's a busy good, later. Good lady. for her. Good for yeah. Daphna. <laughs> That's right. Killing it. Uh, but she always has time for that brown gold. Yeah. Now, according to her study, published in the March, March issue of the International Journal of Paleopathology. Amazing. That's a thing. Uh, 15 sediment samples were collected from that cesspit. So basically 15 poop samples. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. She then hunkered down in her laboratory with all, all in hopes of finding, you guessed it, Parasitic eggs. Amazing. And turns out this toilet did not disappoint. Yes. That, it, I mean, like when you see the thing, you're like, that is full of parasitic yes, eggs. It's, yes. I have no doubt in my mind. Nothing else but. Uh, so, Dr. Marissa, please tell us, after chemically extracting the eggs and taking a look-see under a microscope, what smorgasbord of parasites did she find in just 15 samples? I would love to talk about this smorgasbord. Uh, smorgasbord. Smorgas, smorgasbord. I picked a very hard word to say. It's, 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 it's a bunch. Uh, from the study, quote, the presence of four intestinal parasite eggs Parasite egg taxa was detected. Whipworm, beef and pork tapeworm, roundworm, and pinworm. Mm -hmm. Some of those sound very familiar. Um, The earliest appearance of roundworm and pinworm were in the ancient Israel parasitological record. This is the earliest, yeah. Quote, so this is the, oh, this is the earliest appearance of roundworm and pinworm in the ancient Israel parasitological record. End quote. Thank you for bearing with me uh, for that. Um, So these are some old worms. The the oldest. The oldest on record. And these are some familiar faces that I've heard about thanks to this very podcast. That's right. Uh, If beef and pork tapeworms sound familiar to members of the flock, that's right. You're not mistaken. We did two episodes on these parasites, and it was all sorts of crazy. Uh, if you haven't had a listen, please scroll on back to episode 067. We need to talk about brain tapeworms. Oh. And, that's right. and episode 069, we need to talk about tapeworms in rectums. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I, I, I just have to add that those are two of the funnest episodes that we've ever made. You might be like, that's disgusting. And that's why it's awesome. (laughs) So if you want to learn more about gross worms and what the fuck they're doing all the time, it's a lot. They're conning the hell out of our bodies. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Multiple bodies. We are mere vessels for them. We are mere vessels. That's right. It's true. So... uh, so please have a listen if you haven't had a listen. And I know what else y'all are thinking. Why? Why do we need to know this? Yeah. <laughs> Why, Jill? Tell me. <laughs> Good question. Uh, your answer, archaeoparasitology. Oh. Yes. As people living it through a current plague, yep. you and me, I think we can appreciate this field. Uh, it helps us, quote, learn about the history of diseases and epidemics. Oh. This area provides new information regarding human health, hygiene, lifestyle, and sanitary conditions, end quote, from eurekaalert.org. This actually makes me think of how um, 
you can look at the Mona Lisa and tell that she has a thyroid problem. You can learn a lot about the time and what they were eating and like what was going on by like, you know, Mm -hmm. disease. Except instead of talking about the Mona Lisa this time, we're talking about um, shit. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Same thing. No, not at all. Same shit, different medium. Exactly. I guess. Yes. Sure. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Yeah. The Mona Lisa, that was, I think that was an in-betweeny about the the guy who grew a tooth in his nose and we talked about her smile. I forgot the rest of that. That's right. (laughs) The nose tooth really got me. (laughs) Um, Okay. So (laughs) we have a delivery. It's great. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) So from this discovery, we could surmise that wealthy folks were a little fucked. Uh, Dr. Langett believes, quote, in the absence of medicine, recovery from intestinal worms was difficult to impossible, and those infected could suffer from the parasites for the rest of their lives. No. Therefore, it is quite possible that the findings of the study indicate a bothersome and long-lasting infectious disease that affected the entire population, end quote. Yeah. So. I, oh, because nowadays if you get like a worm or something, yeah. you go to the doctor. Yeah, we talk It's embarrassing. It. Or, or you uh, make a video of it coming out of your butt like or, that guy. Or you make a video and you go and you viral. Post it, and you post it to Facebook, which actually happened. And we also watched that video too. So, <laughs> however, before Facebook, before modern medicine, yeah. this must have been a nightmare. Yeah. 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 Could you imagine sitting on that small toilet and pulling out a worm? A, a, yeah. Real thing. Real thing. Pulling out a giant worm. Oh my God. Her hand is in her face, fully in her face. I, 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 my, my face might as well be uh, in, in uh, what do you call it? The toilet hole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't had a listen to those two episodes, episode 067 and episode 069, you have no idea what we're talking about. You got to go. Go take a look and have a listen. Highly recommend. So according to this doctor, basically, the only thing to trickle down from the rich were worms. So, (laughs) Uh, Fun fact, according to the study also, uh, in Hebrew, the name of the site, Arman Hanatziv, I know I'm saying that wrong, but it means commissioner's palace. Oh. And so I guess that commish was rolling in dough because, quote, toilet facilities were extremely rare at the time and were... A status symbol, a luxury facility that only the rich and high ranking could afford. Yeah. End quote. Only the rich can afford a block of stone with a hole in it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, good for him, I guess. Though he didn't wash his fucking hands. Ah! So please, just just do it, folks. Just wash your hands. Just, just do it. Not even. I mean, for COVID, yes, yes. But also, your hand could be like covered in worms right now. It's just <laughs> parasites. Oh, the end. The end. (laughs) We made it through. We made it through. Amazing. Yeah. I love butt stuff. Love butt stuff. Uh, Love wealthy folks riddled with parasites. I'm a big fan. Love that. Big fan. Makes me feel really good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, uh, telling your friends about the world's oldest drinking straws and how nothing really changes. Yeah. Yeah. We're all just trying to have a good time. Yeah. That's it. And please, stay interesting. Please do.